Good morning. I'm Crystal Waltman, and you are listening to Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and work. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Show. I am your host, John Hewlin. So happy that you decided to join us today. I am thrilled to have as my guest, Crystal Waltman. Crystal, how are you today? I'm good, John. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, folks, besides having an awesome interview to do with Crystal Take, she has some fabulous things to share with us. We also have a book that she has just come out with called Quitting to Win. Now, I realize if you're listening to this, you can hear the book shaking, but you can't see it. That's okay. That, what that means is you need to buy a copy of her book. And we'll be sure to include a link in the show notes for you. But her new book is called Quitting to Win, A Proven Plan to Let Go of Bad Habits, Learn to Feel, and Love Yourself. So before I get too deep into asking Crystal questions, I want to give you a little bit of background about her. So Crystal is a speaker, coach, and author, obviously, since I mentioned her book. She's also was part of a national softball championship team when she was in college. She is also a trainer and a nutritionist, but she has two other titles that I believe she probably holds most dear, and those are wife and mom. What are your thoughts on that, Crystal? Yes, they're all important. <laughs> they are, they are. So now that I've told everybody a little bit about you and kind of where you are right now, take us back a little bit. Um, as far back as you want to go and just kind of fill in some gaps for us. How did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I started playing competitively from the age of 10 to 20 and it was train hard, work hard, play all the time. You could always find me in the dirt of some on some softball field. And I just love the sport as a young, as a youngster, I was always, you know, wanted to play, throw me the ball. I want to hit, I want to be up there. Um, so fast forward to college, uh, my best friend and I, she also went to a different state college and she um, went on a full ride scholarship and we were home on Christmas break and she committed suicide. Oh, wow. So that kind of rocked my world in the softball world. And emotionally, I just wasn't prepared for it. I stopped playing after that. Mm -hmm. And where I'm at today is really to bring awareness to mental illness, okay. stemming from the pain and turning my pain into purpose. Absolutely. And then that pain turned into alcoholism because if I was happy, I would drink. If I was sad, I would drink. As soon as I became uncomfortable and I would start to feel something, I would want to take the edge off. Oh, yeah. So, and the culture that I grew up in um, with the athletes at college, it was just so acceptable. We would play hard, train hard, drink hard, celebrate, you know, have a weekend of blackouts. And mm. I was just caught in that cycle. And then fast forward to having a kid, 
It's mm. just not a good look for a mom and it's illegal. And, oh yeah, you know, I'm just, I don't know why God gave me a second chance, you know, that I didn't kill myself or kill somebody else, but I made it to the age of 40. And mm. I was like, you know, I surrendered before that. I made it to 40 sober. Mm. And now I just feel a calling to carry the message of hope to all those who still suffer from emotional pain, whether it be any kind of addiction, whether it be alcohol, pills, depression, anxiety, you know, you never really know what somebody's going through and what it looks like on the outside is not what's going on on the inside. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I, I think we are, as a people, we're so adept at wearing masks that we just forget that we do it all the time. I, I kind of view that the same way that I do social media, that many times what we see in people's feeds on social media are the masks that they're wearing there, or they're only showing the best highlights of what's going on rather than the total picture. Yeah, it's, it's, cur it's their version, you know, they're curating their own life through snap, snapshots. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, nobody is as happy and excited as and fulfilled as what they're showing on social media. Nobody is. <laughs> yeah. So I have found that leading with my defects, I'm creating more authentic relationships. And it wasn't until the step program and I went through recovery myself that I learned the tools of how to do that. I just never developed the emotional tools of how to take spiritual inventory. Okay. So, you know, for many years I trained people in the gym and taught them how to eat and how to work out and how mm -hmm. to show up on the stage with a low body fat, but there was always that something missing and mm -hmm. that's the spiritual side of it. So now that is my calling just to carry the message about that. And how do you take emotional inventory? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a, uh, a lot of people know how to balance their checkbooks and, you know, take inventory of their P and L's of their business, but how do you take it emotionally and within your relationships? And that's, you know, what you're bringing light to. Absolutely. You know, I mean, two of the things that we talk about often on the show are emotional intelligence and relational intelligence, which right. I'm putting a plug in here. I am not getting paid for this people. So don't think I am. There's a fabulous book that came out this year. It's called relational intelligence. And so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It is probably the best book I've, re I've read outside of crystals in 2020. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> because even though my story isn't the same as your story, crystal, I saw myself in parts of your story. Right. And my, my guess is that most people who read your story or hear it when you do a speaking engagement, they can find a way to fit themselves in your story that's yeah they're like i never knew we had so much in common or i could re relate with this or that and you know the thing is that you just you're not alone you know in this journey of life and people feel so alone and so my first instinct was to isolate if i didn't feel well it wasn't to reach out mm -hmm. now i am trained and programmed to like if something runs around in my head for longer than 10 minutes to pick up the phone and call my spiritual advisor or pick mm -hmm. up the phone and call my spiritual sisters that, you know, I try to have three to five on speed dial all the time and then just get out of my head right away. And, you know, it took me a long time to, to develop those skills. And if I can mm -hmm. help teach somebody those skills at a younger age of how to be a peaceful warrior, you know, how to show up prepared and not have anxiety, 
or that, you know, social anxiety, I think is what I just hear so many people say, like, I need to take the edge off when they're getting ready to go somewhere. Like, why do you have to take the edge off? I mean, your life's great. You're going to see your friends. What's the big deal? But I, I said that to myself for so many years, I would have to pre-drink before I went out to drink. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're already a different person when you show up and then you think, oh, I'm funnier. I'm more intelligent. People mm -hmm. like me more. And that's just not true. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you, you've mentioned it a couple times. And so this is probably a good spot to talk about it. Uh, you mentioned the term spiritual fitness. So first of all, can you just give us a definition of what that is and how, what kind of a role does that play in how you are coaching other people in relationship to the other things that you do for and or with them? Yeah, thanks, John, for asking that because spiritual fitness, like emotional intelligence, is kind of a new term that's new in the last, you know, 10 years. And so it's just starting to pick up and people are like, well, what is that spiritual fitness you said? Or what is emotional intelligence? You know, those two things are kind of go hand in hand and mm -hmm. just being aware of what's going on inside. But like I said, there is a proven plan, a systematic way, just like balancing your bank account um, to go through spiritual inventory. So there's a step process and you can go through it. And you can identify your feelings and your emotions. You can address them, heal, and release the shame and guilt that you've been carrying or resentment and release all of that stuff. So there is a formula to go through, just like, just like the bank account, just like your calories. I mean, it, it, but it's just, it's kind of new and a lot of people haven't heard about it. But so you get a spiritual advisor and they walk you through the steps. So that's what I'm helping people do. Now, is that a standalone kind of coaching thing you do, or, do you, or is that more partnered with other things that you do? Yes. Yeah, so there's plenty of, I'm in several different groups, um, you know, private Facebook groups, and you can also join my, my group on Facebook, Quitting to Win. Mm -hmm. um, but it's those people um, that are all on that spiritual journey of taking inventory together and figuring it out, you know, where they're at and how to deal with this. And so yes, I can do it one-on-one -on -one, and yes, I do it socially, you know, through platforms as well. Okay. Um, now is this the kind of thing, the spiritual fitness, is this something you would bring into say a coaching relationship that you have with someone who is that on stage performer, you know, the, the bodybuilder type person who Ooh. needs help, the training part, the nutrition part, would you bring that aspect into it as well? I will bring that aspect into every, anybody I'm coaching first thing because that's the foundation. It's no longer okay. the, the icing on the cake. It's, it's the foundation to do this because otherwise, you know, oftentimes the journey can be more exciting than the destination. And then when you're on stage holding that trophy or accomplishing whatever weight you want it to be or looking a certain way, you know, then you feel empty still and you're like, well, I thought if I, if, you know, if I achieved this then I would, would feel so much better. So why are those feelings fleeting? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that foundation of the spiritual fitness and your whys aren't right and your purpose isn't right. So I, I feel that, yes, that's the foundation of all my coaching. Okay. And people know that going into it. Yes. That you, that you approach it from that aspect. So has that had a negative impact, meaning have there been people 
who found out that's part of your process and is like, you know, I'm not ready to look. Sure that's for me. I'm not ready to look at myself yet inside. I, right. I'd rather just look at the mirror. Yes. And I said, and I would then refer them out to a, a different type of coach. Yeah. That is just all about the win and not about the, the health, right? Because you can win and still not be healthy or you can oh, get to a goal and not be healthy. Sure. And, and I, and I did that many times and I, and I see people do it and it's a, you know, it's, it, it's a crash and burn result. Oh, totally. Oh my God. So yeah, it, a lot, not everybody's ready to look at their stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a faith journey is a very interesting thing. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's different for everybody. And so just very briefly, I've shared a little bit on this show about mine. Uh, my faith journey really started when I was 14. Um, my faith didn't become my own until I was 16. Um, but anybody who's been on any sort of path toward spiritual health will have times that they struggle in that area. And so it's not like it's fixed once for all, once you think you have it figured out, it's struggling is part of the process. And that doesn't make it a bad thing. It actually, if you allow it to, it helps solidify you in the things that you believe in the direction that you're headed. And so, I'm curious a little bit, what was that process like for you? Yeah, so it's just a daily reprieve, right? So that day, you can set your intentions. You can go through the day and do the next right thing. You can try to not cause any wreckage of anybody. And you can be of service to others. And then at the end of the day, you have a prayer and say, you know, relieve me of bondage of self. Did I hurt anybody? Do I owe amends? And you try to keep every day, you know, just that one day at a time and not let Mm -hmm. the things build up to you to where then you're a ball of resentment. So if you, if you practice this, it would be similar to like, you know, making your bed every day or cleaning your room. Like you just, if you straight, if you straighten up a little bit every day, then you're not going to turn into a hoarder. Okay. And if you don't look at it, it will slowly pile up in the corner and you just keep not looking there. (laughs) So, so it is, it is a daily thing. It's a, it's a daily thing and some days are better than others. So you're basically just depositing into your emotional bank account for when life does happen. Because even though you have those tools, life is still going to happen. People are going to be born. They're going to die. They're going to get divorced. You know, you're going to raise kids. They're going to let you down. Your friends are going to let you down. You know, all that stuff is still going to happen. So if your emotional bank account is solid, with your toolbox, then you're able to, you know, respond instead of react. And you're able to, you know, see what your part in it is. And 10, 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 years, like, will this matter in 10 minutes? Will this matter in 10 days? Will this matter in 10 years? You know, so there's kind of an exercise that you can take your thoughts through and see, you know, is my, response really, you know, in line with what's happening. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the book. Quitting okay. Quitting. So yes. I, I, some of the questions I'm going to ask, you've kind of answered at least part of it. So let's ask the most obvious question. Why? Why write the book? Okay. So I could not picture myself past the age of 40. I never had a vision of being a mother past the age of 40 or, or aging. 
And I just lived a life of very carelessly and recklessly um, for many years. And I, it basically brought me to my knees, to my surrender, you know, which brought me to recovery. And then recovery brought me to God. Mm. And when I made it to my 40th birthday sober, I, I just felt a deep calling to carry the message. And like, okay. if I can help one person with this book, then it's all worth it. If I can Absolutely. just bring awareness to suicide or bring awareness to alcoholism or depression or anxiety, like yeah. this is the face of it. You know, <laughs> I have all that stuff going on in here. Mm-hmm. And when I share that with people originally, they, it was very dismissive. Like, really? you don't have anything to worry about. You, your life's great. You know, cause from the outside, everything looked really great. Right. And I was always a high performer. Okay. Um, so, but anyways, I, so that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book to release all the shame and guilt, pretty much like out myself and do inventory out loud because Mm -hmm. you're like, how can you do spiritual inventory? So dealing with all that stuff in the past and first forgiving yourself. Mm, So important. And I know we talked a lot about that. Yeah. So you have to forgive yourself. And you have to forgive others Mm -hmm. before you can really move forward. Oh, sure. And releasing the shame and guilt. So that's it. Carrying the message of hope. Okay. So this, this idea of forgiveness that you just mentioned, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, listeners, Crystal and I had a meeting before we are having this interview. And one of the biggest things that she and I talked about was this whole idea of forgiveness. And while Crystal did mention it's important to forgive yourself, there's a lot that goes into that. And forgiving yourself is not a one-time thing. It is a continually forgiving yourself over and over again for your screw-ups. No matter what level you think they're at, it's about forgiving yourself. Because if you can't do that, there's no way in the world you can forgive somebody else for something they've done. But I will also say, and this is really important, when you start to understand what forgiveness is, I mean, you really feel it deep down inside of you. It makes it so much easier to forgive other people. I I can just tell you, especially after my divorce and having to work through forgiveness issues related to that, my ability to be able to forgive people now for things that they do, oh, 10 to the millionth power. I mean, so much better than I used to be at doing that. And I'm sure Crystal, you're the same way. Yeah, I had to forgive myself first before moving on to anybody else because otherwise you stay sick. I mean, you are only as sick as your secrets. And those are the Mm -hmm. lies. You are only as sick as your secrets and the lies that you tell yourself. So changing that narrative in your head of who you are and how you talk to yourself. And then, you know, that flows to how you talk to others and treat others. It does, you know, and that brings up an interesting point. I'd like for you to talk a little bit further about that. So this self-talk kind of thing. So can you give us an example of some uh, self-talk that's defeating and how to turn that into something that's powerful? Yes, I'm not enough. Okay. That I think is probably was on loop you know, that worm loop in your brain that keeps going over and over for many years is always that I wasn't enough. So no matter 
what I was doing, performing, not performing. It was never enough. I never felt enough for myself. I didn't have that connection, that spiritual connection. So I wasn't walking like I do now, like I'm not alone. I'm a child of God. You know, he's got you the whole way. He only gives you what you can handle and only what you need. I always felt like that I wasn't enough. And so that feeling brought up anxiety and social anxiety and then therefore led to drinking to take the edge off. Okay. So the, the acceptance of being enough and that self-talk in your head. And now like a, a real simple way to think of it is like, don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friend, you know, to your best girlfriend. Like okay. I would never say that the stuff that would play in my head about not being thin enough. That was a big one, you know, just with mm-hmm. the weight, the weight issues always of growing up and, um, just never being enough, you know, only if I was thinner, then my back wouldn't hurt. Only if I was thinner, then I would, you know, so not enough. And so that the, sim- the simple answer to that, John, is, yeah, don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friends. Okay. All right. Now, as the listeners and you know, Crystal, the title of this show is Relationships and Revenue. And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about relationships. So for you, what is it like, what are relationships like at home and what impact did those have on your work? Mm-hmm. So I've been on this sobriety journey for about five years now. Okay. And the first year is all about working on myself before I can then go reestablish relationships with, with others. Okay. Um, my husband, you know, he's a provider and not emotionally supportive. And I was looking to him to provide that more emotional support. And what I was taught in program was to, you know, surround myself with females and get your emotional support from females and stop trying to, you know, get, get blood from a rock, if you will, like stop trying to get it where it's not available. So I've created wonderful relationships with women in the last five years. And Growing up, I never had that, even though I was traveled in a pack of 18 girls and a coach my whole life. Mm-hmm. Those relationships were like a, a love-hate type, you know, <laughs> teammate competition. Oh, sure. You know, we all had the same goal, but I mean, we pushed and pulled on each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have those kind of solid female relationships. And then during my, you know, twenties to college years, I just didn't have those kind of female relationships. So Mm. accepting myself to be enough and learning program and the spiritual fitness. Now I have fabulous female relationships and it's like nothing like, it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. Okay. So with those newfound relationships with your girlfriends, as well as relationships at home, what kind of an impact does that have on your business? Yeah. So and my relationship with my daughter is great because I can show up for her. I can be present for her. Mm-hmm. I have boundaries, um, you know, of what we're doing and what we're not doing. I'm not so quick to say yes to everything just because the Joneses are doing it. You know, we, we have our set of family values mm-hmm. of, you know, what's important to us and not. And does she know what those are? 
Yeah, she does. She's grown up program. I mean, she was right yeah. beside me in all my meetings and she overhears all my calls and, you know, like this, this group of women that I'm talking about that helped raising her up as well. Nice. So yeah, she, she speaks, <laughs> she, she speaks uh, the, the serenity prayer. <laughs> okay. Good to know. All right. You know? Right. Yeah. And so as far as business goes, I just, it's unbelievable what's happened. I mean, meeting you, meeting so many people carrying the message. I mean, it's just the sky's the limit. I have no idea what's going to, you know, where the book's going to take me or where speaking's going to take me, where coaching is. But mm -hmm. for everybody that comes into my life is it's priceless, you know, and before I wasn't reaching anybody. Mm. So now I really value relationships over um, staying in a safe bubble you know, like I want to go out there in uncomfortable situations. I want to go carry the message to shelters or different part of town and, you know, get out of my bubble and see the world because when times are dark, that's when, you know, the light shines. It's not like it's dark over here. Don't go there because those are people who, you know, are afflicted. It's like, no, I'm drawn to that. So I can then, you know, show hope. Sure. Sure. Um, I think about, um, my message and the message I have to share. And this was shared with me a long, long time ago. So this is not original with me at all. But think in terms of your message. When you broadcast it, when you get it out there, think of people like moths and cockroaches to a light. If, you're, if there's a dark room and there are moths and cockroaches in the room, when you turn on a light, a moth is drawn to the light and a cockroach will scurry away. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sharing your message, when you flip on that light, sharing the message, the moths are people who are drawn to your message. The cockroaches are people who aren't drawn to it. Don't waste your time with them. Right. And that took me a long time in business to learn. And that is not everyone's going to be drawn to you or what you provide. And that's okay. It's okay to have no's because the no's set you up for the right yes. That's right. Yeah, that is right. And um, oh, yeah, everybody is not attracted to the message, but that's okay. Oh, I know in program we say um, it's not for people who need it, it's for people that want it. There you go. So it's for people who want what you have, in that they can see something in you and they're like, I want that. There's plenty of people that need it, right? That mm -hmm. are living it, that are living in the life of chaos and that thrive and spin, spin in chaos, no matter what the situation, it's, it's sure. not for the people that need it. It's for the people that want it. And it's like, so when somebody's like handing, like, Oh, my so-and-so, my friend needs to read this. My friend, you know, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, they probably need it, but they're just not there yet. You know, they, they, they don't know what they don't know. Oh, and absolutely. Everybody's bottom is different. Mm -hmm. Totally. All right. So what kind of impact or difference do you make in working with your clients? So if someone's a potential client and they say, what can I expect from you? What kind of a difference can you make for me? Yeah. So I'm, start, I'm starting this course called Eating to Win. Okay. And it's a, it's a spinoff of the book. And the way that I came up with the course or how I came about the foundation of this several years ago was basic. How am I not going to give my daughter an eating disorder? Okay. Right? With all that stuff that has played in my head from the way my mom raised me, 
And I was a bulimic drinker. You know, I would drink and then I would throw up and I would keep drinking. And I I rather drink my calories than eat my calories. Okay. So I had that eating thing going on in my head of, I always had a lot of food noise in Mm. my head, you know? So, and I tried every diet, but, and been on stage and won um, several different formulas of getting there, right? Mm. Um, so that's how this course came about. It's how do I not give my daughter an eating disorder? Basically, that's the foundation of my purpose. Okay. So it basically goes back to eat God-made food. Okay. What does right? that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. So if you can identify it and there's no label on it, then it, that's a good choice. So okay. it's as it's simple as that, you know, an apple is better than a bag of chips. There you go. Yep. Yogurt would be better than ice cream. Sure. Well, you know, maybe. nuts <laughs> are better than candy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so it's kind of like you eat this and not that. And when you fill yourself up with God made food, you're not hungry. You know, it, it fully satiate, satiates your stomach. You know, it, it triggers the right things in your stomach that says I'm full when you eat the right food because you have the high water content. Like the water thing with people drinking so much water, the reason why you need that water is because you're eating processed food. If you eat real food, then you don't have to carry your water jug around with you all the time. Like if you think about back in the day, it's like there were no water jugs, right? But they were eating real food. True. So, so the food came with the water in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's just the basics. You know, this, this eating to win course is for middle America. It's not for athletes. It's not for, um, you know, people that want to get on stage. That's not my niche anymore. It's just for the everybody. How do you want to feel? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yep. And food can either be the greatest medicine or the slowest poison. True, true. And I watched uh, my stepdad slowly poison himself mm. and die of lifestyle choice diseases like diabetes and hypertension okay. and heart stuff, you know, and culturally there was a time where, you know, that guy with the big belly was funny and mm. you know, was on all the sitcoms true. and that led to and then when he retired, he ate very rich food. And wanted to drink every night, you know. And so the one pill at 40 years old um, for the diabetes, then put off the other pill for high blood high blood pressure. So or high blood pressure, then put off diabetes, then put off the heart pill, then the next pill, you know. And slowly the doctors just keep giving you pill after pill after pill. Right. You start one at 40, and by the time you're 60, you're you you could be taking like 12 pills twice a day and shooting yourself with Coumadin. Yeah. So it's how to let your body heal itself and your body is made to heal itself. I mean, and the doctors are drug dealers. <laughs> you know, if you go to the doctor, they're going to give you a pill. Right. Exactly. So the basis of this course, eating to win is an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, understanding that all disease starts with inflammation. Mm-hmm. So if something's off in your body and your doctor says, you know, you're, you have high blood pressure, which is totally a socially acceptable norm for men who are 40 to 50 years old to go to the doctor and they go, oh, you have high blood pressure, take this pill. And you go, okay. And they're like, well, when can I stop? Oh, well, you just take it forever. You're just going to need that forever. Right. 
We're not dealing with the root symptom or we're not dealing with the cause. We're dealing with symptoms. You're not dealing with the cause. But if you said to that doctor, give me 90 days, let me try this and change something and come back and get retested. Your body can and will heal itself if you switch over to an anti-inflammatory diet. And what that consists of is God made food. Okay. And it's really simple. It takes all that counting and measuring and everything out because you can eat as much God made food as you want. Nice. Very nice. So that's, that's where the course came from. It comes from the loss of my stepdad okay. and it comes from how to build confidence in, in young women and not, you know, letting them grow up with an eating disorder, which is so common you know, because of all of our marketing, like people don't really look like that. Sure, sure. So that's called Eating to Win. Now, did eating you have another course that's coming out as well? Yes, another one, it's going to called Breathing and Moving to Win. And that stems from back talk. I had spine surgery after playing high competitive sports for so many years and I broke my back and then I got L3, L4, L5, S1. I have a lot of metal in my back. So I have this group called Back Talk and I demonstrate even in the book, you know, like um, I'm a yoga instructor, a hot yoga instructor, but I've created this modified series for people with back pain or if you have metal in your back, like so I don't lift weights anymore. It's been over five years since I've lifted okay. weights. I don't believe that you need it. You know, your body weight is all you need. All you need, everything God gave you is all you need. That's it. It's just really simple. Okay. And more than 80% of Americans are affected by back pain at some point in their life. And it's like, does back pain cause depression or does depression cause back pain? Hmm. So this group is about people at some stage in their journey of either having back pain and overcoming it or how not to take pills. If you're experiencing pain, what to do about it, like how not to mask the program or mask the pain. So yes, that one is in production. It's not out yet, but the eating to one will come out first. Okay. And then the back pain one will come out second. So thanks, John. Sure. Um, so it's very, very likely that we're going to have some listeners who are going to hear you. And it's like, oh my gosh, Crystal's the best. Aww. Not only am I getting her book, I have, to, I have to work with her. I need to know how. How do people find you? So you can find me at my website at crystalwaltman.com. It's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-W-A-L-T-M-A-N.com. Um, you can connect with me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, at Crystal Clear Fit. Um, so yeah, my phone number's on there. Email my, you know, just email me. You can join the group, Quitting to Win, the Facebook group, okay. and continue the conversation. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So we're going to wrap up here with our final four that everyone's gotten used to now, which is super fun. So let's start off with number one. Why did God create Crystal? To carry the message of hope. All right. That's very succinct. I like that. Carry a message of hope. All right. What are you reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Yeah. So Glennon Doyle, Untamed, has really helped me grow. And, it should, and I listen to Lewis Howell on mm -hmm. a podcast. 
and Kim Dolan Leto. She uh, is faith-based. She has a faith-based podcast. So those are my, my reading and women who run with wolves. I mean, that's something I go back to all the time because those stories are just fantastic. Okay. Excellent. What's your favorite thing to do with your family? Oh, my daughter and I, we love being outdoors. We hike any mountain. Sedona is one of our favorite places to go. But right now, because of COVID, we're home and stuck in Arizona. And so we go to the lake and paddleboard. Paddleboard, get on a boat, something water-like. Okay. Excellent. And lastly, what are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for every day that I wake up and that I'm here and still participating in this journey of life. All right. All right. Any parting words for our listeners today, Crystal? No, just, um, you know, quitting to win is up for an award at the author Academy Awards. So if you want, would like to vote for me, it's a global nomination. It's under, it's being nominated for the 2020 health book of the year. Nice. And at the end of the month, voting closes. So I'm not sure when this is going to air. But anyways, I, if I make it to the top 10, then you can vote again next month. But I'm up against a lot of authors. And it was just an honor to be nominated. Well, that's fantastic. So listeners, get out there and vote for Crystal. If you don't know where, we can include that in the show notes as well. Well, Crystal, thank you very much for joining us today. We're so glad that you decided to spend some time with us and share a little bit about your story, your recovery, and your overcoming. And my hope is that that will give encouragement to other folks to say, you know what? I don't have to stay where I am. I don't have to be in pain physically or emotionally, that there is a way to work through it and get to the other side. Yes, there is. Well, everybody, thanks again for joining us today, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.